All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are live. For those of you that are listening on audio, we are actually streaming live to Facebook. And you can actually see a replay of this broadcast if you go to facebook.com slash Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast. Today, I am joined, and I'm going to see if we can make this work, uh, technical difficulties aside, potential technical difficulties aside, there we go. I'm joined by Stacy Owen. Stacy, thank you for hanging out with me again today. This is going to be fun. I'm super stoked. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Well, and for those of you listening in, if you didn't get a chance to listen to Stacy, uh, we actually did our first interview together all the way back. Stacy, can you believe it? Like two years ago, almost exactly. April 2019 is when we published the episode 242, which is kind of crazy. Get out of town. I knew it was around the two-year mark, but the fact that it's almost exactly that, yeah. that's, I mean, that's... And almost exactly, right yeah, you're right. And, but here's one of the things I'm excited about for today's conversation, and, and I have a list, um, but one of the things I'm excited about <laughs> is I remember the last time, and I th- we actually alluded to it in the podcast episode, the last one that we did together, the last time we did a show together, you were like, I, I really like to like be on video so we can actually see each other and interact. And I was like, all right, fine. We'll, we'll, we were on Zoom. We were working on Zoom. And I was like, okay, we'll, we'll make this happen. We'll keep it on video. And it threw me off a little bit because I was used to only doing audio. Well, now by default, of course, we are doing these live streams. So we're pushing out to Facebook. Um, the video version will go on YouTube later on. And then, of course, as usual, we'll have the audio version out on all the, uh, the favorite podcast players out there. But um, it's fun to actually get to see you, to have a conversation like this. Yes. And yes, we get yes. to share... It's- with everybody else too. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt, please. No, no, I, I get way too excited and I start interrupting. So <laughs> we're just going to take turns doing this. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So it, as long as we understand that if there's any interruptions, it's just because we're excited about the conversation. Um, I think that's good for us and for everybody listening in. And by the way, for those of you who are watching the live stream, please don't hesitate to, to comment, to like, to um, to ask questions. And in fact, that's actually, I think, one of the biggest advantages or benefits, I should say, of doing a video in a live stream like this mm-hmm. um, is that you can actually interact with us, ask us questions, make fun of us, um, yes. make, make funny jokes and <laughs> yes. try to make us laugh. <laughs> that and, won't and, be hard. You'll be like, we're happy people. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, and I, I know I allude to this from the podcast from time to time, it is stunning weather outside. We, we had kind of nasty weather yesterday. I guess tornadoes in Tennessee, unfortunately, as well. But mm. today it's just like blue sky, sunny, and it just naturally like ups my energy level in addition to the caffeine that I've consumed for the day um, that much more. So I'm excited about this. I agree with the sunshine. Sometimes I'm like, why am I in such a good mood? Am I, and generally I'm in a decent mood. But okay. when I'm in that extra good mood, I'm like, it's because it's sunny outside. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and to that end, like I'm I swear I'm going to move somewhere that gives me sun like 90% of the time. I think we get it like 70, 75% of the time here, which is okay. But I want sun most of the time. I, at some point, I'm going to have to move somewhere that gives me that. So anyway, that aside, we're going to get straight into conversation because one of the things that we've kind of shifted in, in our messaging to, to further emphasize actually with the Boca podcast, we talk a lot about adding value. And that's my number one goal with this podcast, Stacey, is to add value for our listeners. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of noise in the digital world in 2021. Um, a lot of people at least trying to create content, but I don't know that it's always especially valuable. In fact, we talked about the ability for photographers mm-hmm. to be able to interact with us live. You know, Clubhouse, as of late, has been a super popular platform for that purpose, where people can log into a room, listen, and then comment, ask questions, etc. The only problem with 
clubhouse, at least that I've had personally that I've observed, is that it's super disorganized and you can spend quite a bit of time in there and maybe not get so much value during that time. My intention with the Boca podcast, uh, and this is our, our tagline. In fact, for those of you listening in, uh, I'm going to actually change screens here so you can actually, or excuse me, those of you watching, I'm going to switch screens here so you can actually see this. This is the, the homepage at bocapodcast.com. For those of you listening in, if you go to Boca, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com, you'll see at the very top of the page there, it says, welcome to the Boca podcast where we help photographers upgrade their business in minutes. And that is truly the goal uh, that I have is to upgrade our listeners' businesses, certainly their, their lives, but ultimately their businesses in just a few minutes. So we're going to get right into the conversation, Stacey, um, today. And uh, as we do that, you know, we, we, I asked you a few of the questions that I think that I normally ask my guests in the podcast these days, a couple years later. Uh, but I want to ask you a question about customer experience. And we're, we're going to get to your photography business here in a second. You've got a couple of businesses. But what has been one of the what's what's been well like one of the most important principles that you've learned about delivering a great customer experience? Genuinely caring about your clients okay. and their success and listening and having great communication. And I think on both sides, setting clear expectations. Mm. And it was really important. Okay, so you, you listed a number of things. And by the way, for those of you listening in, if you see me look down, I've, I've got a pen in my hand. I'm going to start taking notes in a notebook here. I'm not just like playing with my phone or something. He's going to um, quiz me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> or quiz our listeners. Maybe we should do a giveaway if they answer questions correctly or something. But hey, um, yeah. so you started with, I think you, you said, did you use the word genuine? Genuinely care? Genuinely care about your clients and their success. So I, I hear photographers use that phrase or a comparable phrase quite a bit. I mean, it's mm. the thing to say, right? We, there's an emphasis on relationships with our clients yeah. in the last, even the last 10, 15 years in the photography industry that didn't exist, say, 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of photographers say that, though, but I'm not sure what it actually means. So I'm curious, on a very tangible, practical level, how do you communicate that you care to somebody who's like, why would they care about me? I'm just a client. How do you actually show that genuine care for the sake of their experience? I I love that you find that that word genuine being very common. I feel like authentic is more common, like saying like authentically caring or I'm authentic person or authentic service or yeah, put out my authentic self. That's something else that people say, right? I feel like the word I personally think the word genuine is more heartfelt. When I hear the word genuine, I feel like oh yeah, like I, I feel like I connect with that a lot more. But that's a really great question. I think when you genuinely care about your clients, you're really listening to what they're saying. And I think you're really, truly trying to find the solution for them, whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's through your photography or for like us being um, part of your team, providing marketing strategy, you know, a task for you. But genuinely caring is, I I think, I feel like it's almost uh, self-explanatory that word, like you really, truly care. Um, because if, you know, I find that you're not successful unless whatever service that you're offering to your client is successful or if they're successful. Ah, okay. So that's an interesting take on it. The reason I asked, first of all, is because there is a lot of conversation about the notion of showing care. Uh, mm-hmm. what I, part of what I think about when I think about showing care, and I was actually, I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, who's now heading up our digital marketing at Photographer's Edit and the other brands helping produce oh, this nice. podcast. And yeah. Yeah, but we were talking about uh, commenting on posts and social media, mm-hmm. and I was I was saying to her the thing that I that I do when when I go to comment is if I'm posting an emoji or just a quick few words, I have I actually feel the thing inside me that I'm 
trying to communicate. Because when, when, we, when I talk about, uh, where we talk about this idea of being genuine, I want the words that I'm using to actually carry meaning, that carry weight, to carry emotion. Mm-hmm. And part of the way that I'm able to do that is to actually feel that thing inside as I'm... So it's funny. If, if you were to see from the outside me like texting or, or typing, commenting on a post, you might actually see me Your smiling. Your face is like... Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but but so I'm thinking about like when I, when I try to communicate, hey, I'd love having you on the show or um, I, I really hope that that shoot goes well today. I'm not just saying it to, to make noise again. I'm, I'm saying it out of a genuine desire to communicate that feeling, that notion. And so that's why I, I kind of press the issue of genuineness. Mm. I, I kind of wonder too, why we have to emphasize that in so many cases, like that the, the idea of being authentic or genuine, like are we being fake most of the time and now we have to turn on the, the authentic or genuine uh, switch, you know? I think it's your intention. It's your intention yeah, behind yeah. it, right? So like, let's say at, I get people that interact with me and or reach out to me and they want to connect. And I feel like, are you doing this just because it'll better you in some way? And I can feel that. I can tell and so can everybody else the same Mm -hmm. way. Or does it feel like this person really does want to collaborate or they really are excited about what I'm doing and they really, or they think like maybe we align on something that's really exciting and they love that energy and they just want to add to it and be a part of it, you know? And I think you can, you can tell when the purpose is genuine Mm. and when it is more self-serving. Yeah, it is tough to read sometimes, especially on social media, because you don't know what's hide- hiding behind those words or even that emoji. Like somebody could be yeah. totally annoyed with you and then post a laughing emoji or something. You never know. But the other thing that you pointed out, which I think adds uh, significant value to this conversation, is it, it really the, the general idea of adding value. At the end of the day, you're trying to figure out what you can do that will benefit that client. If you know what their needs and desires are, you can effectively certainly manage their expectations that you're going to be able to deliver on those needs that they have as a client or a potential client. And is that something that you have kind of back of mind all the time? What is it that I can do in this particular scenario as I'm taking these pictures or I'm creating this environment for the session that will make them feel like they're having a good experience? I mean, I think it's that's such a good question. I feel like it's not something I consciously am aware of when it's happening. I genuinely get excited (laughs) about like I genuinely do like I get excited working with the creatives that we work with I get stoked on life when there's a light bulb moment or like I love that part of your tagline is you want to help a photographer improve their business within minutes like sometimes it could be just one thing that clicks for them and one conversation it could change everything and we get that a lot of time we're reading books or listening to podcasts um and when shooting like I really my intentions really are for that person to have a great experience, um, to express themselves in a way that maybe they didn't get to. And I'm, I'm really there for them. I don't shoot. And, and photographers say like, oh, that's BS. Like you always shoot for yourself. But I think I, I really do shoot for my client. And I'm, these images are for them and I'm helping them achieve what they want. And I'm, I'm just the conduit. Of, of course, I want the images to look good. Of course, I want to be happy and proud of the work that I do. But if they don't want to share those images and they're just for them and they're, yeah. th- they're stoked about that, and I'm mm. happy about that. I love that though. I and I mean, I could spend honestly spend a lot of time here because it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, not just in my business life, but in my personal life too. What can I do to add value to the interaction? How can I make this person feel good right now? And, right. and it's, and, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going <laughs> to say, it's, gonna, it's, it's yeah. not about getting something back right there in that moment. I know that if I'm committed to that, I'm consistent in that, again, both in my personal life and my business, that it's going to yeah. pay off in the bigger picture. And I, I can't pinpoint exactly what that so-called payoff is going to be. First of all, there's immediate payoff, really, for me in that I'm living out my value set and showing kindness and ultimately trying to add value. But I know in the bigger picture that there's going to be a payoff there. But what, what were you going to say? No, I think a little bit what you just said, right in that very moment that you're showing your, you know, expressing your value or what's important to you, it feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels good to help other people. It feels good to help other people succeed. It feels good to provide something to someone they didn't think they could have. Like It feels amazing. So in a, I guess in a way that is selfish. <laughs> but I, well, yeah. I mean, in the, in the best positive <laughs> sense. The irony is there is some selfish element, I guess, to pretty much anything that we do. At the end of the day, we're all, we, well, when it, I mean, first of all, we want to survive, but we want to do more than survive, right? And there are different ways that we ultimately um, can thrive, that we can feel good. And, and certainly these are ways to do that. But I, I believe, because I've been on the other side of it, I believe that if, to your earlier point, there is genuine intention behind the things that we say, the emotion that we express, mm-hmm. that that is going to be felt. Because there are plenty of people that are BSing and it's super obvious. And I've been on the mm-hmm. other side of that on an you know, endless basis, really, over the last couple decades in the photography industry. I think that if we just if we do that consistently, if we show that genuine intention in our actions, in our emotions, in our words consistently that they're going to they're going to experience something different and walk away feeling incredible and yeah. and so we're going to I'm going to keep talking about it here on the podcast. I love that that's your intention and and of course this is just naturally flowing, but I have to get to the next thing because uh, we have a lot to talk about and I I don't know how we didn't talk about I feel like we didn't talk about this so much on our first episode. I don't think we did at all. Did we not your photography business. So And I have to actually backtrack even further right now. Um, I'm just so excited. I'm kind of losing track of everything. But so for everybody listening in, uh, I'm going to actually pop up a few URLs on the screen. So Stacy is CEO, first of all, at Meat Pepper. And and I've got the URL up here on the screen. For those of you listening in, it's meatpepper.ca. And then on top of that has a photography business at Stacy Crollo, K-R-O-L-O-W.com. And uh, I'll, I'll pop up the Instagram accounts uh, here really quick as well. <laughs> Stacy <laughs> Stacy, and uh, Nora's stories, which we're going to get into here in just a yeah. second, and then Meat Pepper as well. But here's the thing. Yeah. We talked a lot about Meat Pepper, and we're going to talk about what Meat Pepper is in more detail in just a little bit. We talked about Meat Pepper quite a bit on the show the last time. What we didn't talk about is your photography. And I don't know why, because, and I'm going to share my screen here, but I went to your photography um, site and I was, frankly, I was just blown away um, by, um. by the quality of your work. Now, it's ended up kind of a random image here as, as we're, and it's actually a slideshow. I think that the images will continue to kind of scroll through. Um, somebody watching right now is going to be like, wait a minute, what, what is this? What is this? <laughs> this? We are talking about a, a boudoir style of photography. I'm going to reload the site here because the first image is one of my favorite. It's just so yes. beautiful, so intimate. Yeah, I love that one. Um, and, and for those of you listening and if you actually go to Stacy Crollo, K-R-O-L-O-W.com, um, you can spend some time looking through the galleries and uh, you're just going to be taken. Like I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go do a session like that. These yes, just... you say when my friend, we will definitely <laughs> do this either just you or you and your girlfriend. Yeah. 100% I'm game. 
Well, they're they're beautifully done. You know, there, there's there's such a variety of boudoir photography out there. And I'm, by the way, for those of you listening in right now, we're letting the slideshow play on the screen of just stunning, stunning images. You need to go check these out. Um, but there is a variety, certainly, of boudoir photography out there. Different styles, different approaches. But when I see this, there's there's just there's so much depth to it. The way that you're controlling and manipulating light, the way that these are processed after the fact, so they're not just all naturally bright and cheery, but there's there's a, a moodiness, and I wish I could think of a better word there, but a moodiness to it that carries a, a depth, an emotion to the way that you're processing the images as well that is just absolutely beautiful. So I don't, again, I don't know how we didn't get into this last time, um, but it is beautiful, beautiful work. Um, tell me how you even came up with this, this style, because it's, it's stunning. Um, there, wow, there's so much that I want to say all at once. I think that's the entrepreneur's curse. There's like three things in my brain right now. Um, but I started shooting boudoir, and I, I hesitate to even use that that term, but I started shooting boudoir uh, to add a service to the type of you know photography I was doing. I was doing mostly weddings, and then of course like family and portrait and things like that. And I wanted to start shooting boudoir because I thought it'd be fun, and I thought it would help my business. And the first couple sessions that I did were very traditional boudoir and I mm. didn't connect with it. I wasn't, I don't know. I felt like it felt fake to me. Okay. And I know. Can I ask you what felt fake? It, it felt fake because it d- didn't mean anything to me. Mm. Like I didn't, I was doing it because it was sexy and I know it's supposed to be empowering, and I know that it is for a lot of people. Sure. There are people that love traditional boudoir that shoot it really, really well, yeah. and people that love it, and it's very popular. But just my own personal experience, I was shooting, and I felt like I was faking. You know, mm. I felt I I felt like I, you know, what was I doing? Um, it felt like I was shooting the way that you're supposed to shoot when you shoot boudoir. You know, you have to use a certain lens, certain poses. Okay. It's supposed to mean a certain thing. It's supposed to fall into this little box of what boudoir photography should be. And so I, I set up a couple creative shoots for myself. Just to, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know what I wanted. I just know I didn't feel right. So I set up a couple creative shoots. I'm like, I have no expectations. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I chose a guy, actually for my first creative shoot. Yeah. And because I wanted to not shoot a woman in lingerie. <laughs> okay. Because that's what was to be expected, that's, right? When people you say boudoir photography, that's just kind of what happens. Or at least what we know, they're used to seeing, probably. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what you're supposed to do as right. a boudoir photographer. And again, like, nothing wrong with that. I, I do admire a lot of photographers that shoot that. Um, and I, I ended up discovering a certain look and a style that I was like, okay, well, this is fun. Like this feels creative. And I still didn't truly understand why I was feeling those things or why I was connecting with it. But I realized after a couple of creative shoots, it was because I was looking, oh, I'm going to get emotional. Nathan, you did this to me last time too. I'm like, I'm not a crier. <laughs> uh, Should we zoom I in was, on just your face right now and highlight it for like, everybody watching the video? Yeah. All right, everybody, get ready. Here goes Stacey. She's going to break down. <laughs> yeah, this is the eye that weeps first. I don't know why. Um, but I was looking for connection. I was mm. looking for intimacy. I was mm-hmm. looking for something true and something real because I wasn't experiencing that in my personal life at the time. Uh, and so I was searching for it in wow. other places. Yeah. And it, it sounds a bit voyeuristic, but I really was, I was looking for it and I didn't mm. even know that until later. Mm. And then once I realized that's what I was doing, I thought, 
I can't be the only one that's searching for for that or that connection or that intimacy, even if it's with just with yourself. Then I started wanting that for my clients. I started mm. wanting it for other people and helping others express themselves in that way. Yeah. And I ended up calling it noir stories because you can create a safe place where it doesn't feel like, you know, for example, if I'm like, Nathan, I want to do a noir stories with you. And you're like, Stace, I love that idea, but that's just not, that's just not who I am. Like, sure. I wouldn't normally do this. Like that's, you know, you picture yourself in this scenario. Like that's not, that's not what people expect of me. I wish I could, but that's not really a part of me. And, you know, you expect yourself to act a certain way and mm-hmm. do certain things in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. But if I create a fictional story and I create maybe even a fictional character for you, and now it's not you expressing these things, it's this character that you're portraying, but it is still you. Mm. And so it creates this... We're going really deep, this, by the way. This is this is interesting. Okay, <laughs> no, keep going, keep going. But it, it, it creates this space where you're like, I'm not, I'm not behaving this way or expressing myself this way. Um, I'm not faking it. I'm portraying a character. So all of a sudden I can relax and it's not a, a judgment or a pressure on yourself anymore. Oh, I on, see, I on see. On Nathan. Right. Right? So do so, you find and, then that you're working with uh, maybe not a lot of clients, but a number of clients who take that opportunity to kind of disassociate a little bit for the sake of, I don't know, are they, is it an escape or is it an opportunity to kind of hit the reset button? Yes. What, how, how do you actually take that? Not, not really an, as an escape. It's, okay. a, it's, an opportunity, it's an opportunity to feel comfortable to express something that's in yourself that you feel like you can't in everyday life. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, first of all, I have to say, and, and I, as we're talking again, I want to go back to your website because it's, it's just, and for everybody listening, only getting the audio, you've got to go to stacycrollo.com. We'll link to this in the show notes at uh, bocapodcast.com. I'm going to reload the site here so we can get through the, uh, so we can have the slideshow of images playing. But there is, a, and by the way, nothing weird about this image that just popped on the screen that we landed on earlier. I, it's, it, we needed a little bit of context. Now we have some context. Oh, yeah. Um, the, these images are so wide ranging. So you've done a couple mm-hmm. of things exactly like you intended to. Number one, you've taken a different approach, a refreshingly different approach, uh, to be very, very clear. So everybody listening in, you've got to go check this stuff out. But two, the intimacy that you're talking about is just, I mean, that it's dripping with intimacy and not intimacy mm-hmm. necessarily even in a sexual way, but intimacy mm-hmm. in a way that, that you feel like you're actually getting to, you talk about the voyeurism earlier, again, not mm-hmm. in a sexual way so much as just getting mm-hmm. to see who this person would be behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And somehow you're, you're exactly. actually getting to do that with the camera, which is super, super impressive. And it's, it's all very natural, so I don't... <laughs> Oh, good old pop-ups. Um, it's it's really, I don't pose people. I don't tell yeah. people, like, get in this position and turn this way and that way. I give people actions. We follow a storyline. And it's also showing that, you know, you are sexy just by being. Mm. You know, you're beautiful just by being who you are. Mm-hmm. You could be getting ready for work. You could be making lunch. It doesn't even, like, you are a gorgeous, sexy human being just as you are, not because you're in, not wearing lingerie, not because you're maybe naked even, and not because you're doing the sexy pose. It's just because you are so romanticizing even the everyday life. That makes sense. That makes sense. 
I, I, we could probably spend a lot of time here too because I'm, yeah. I'm so curious about <laughs> psychology in general and you're talking about how this was kind of an opportunity for you to see intimacy in a time in your life where you weren't actually getting to experience that. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll save that maybe for a third podcast episode or something. We can get back to that. Uh, Beers later on. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and uh, by the way, we, Jennifer Brown here is, is actually, and I'm going to pop these, these comments up on the oh. screen as they're coming in, getting some, some raised hands there. Thanks, Jennifer, for listening in, for watching. And uh, we've got a little comment here as well from Pepper Potts. Um, oh, yeah, my saying, girls. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> loving this. So thanks for, for that. And, and Kaylee is also chiming in. She's saying, love noir stories. By the way, I'm going to totally like, shoot myself in the foot here, but define noir for me. Does that mean new? No, I, I was thinking noir stories as you know, noir, film noir. Okay. And it's a Got big it. cliche also with boudoir, but I love the idea of film noir because I picture my work as an indie film shot in stills. Okay. And it's it's a story and it's a bit mysterious. It doesn't show everything. Sure. And it's yeah, a little bit more mystery in there. I, I'm a massive, massive fan. And yeah, in all seriousness, we may at Thank some you. point have to, to hire you to do a session because yes! that, that is I'm game. I only do so many work. a year right now. So you let Ooh, me know. Exclusive too. Okay. It's Way to true. create a little demand there. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to keep going to the conversation here. So I, one of the things that we talked about before, and I, but I wanted to ask you again, um, is a, a, an impactful business or self-help book. It's been a couple of years since we've talked. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you've got a different one that you can throw out there for our listeners. You know what? I really thought about this because I've read a lot of books. Because the okay. first one I recommended and that I answered with was Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass. Mm-hmm. And that was absolutely life-changing for me. Legitimately life-changing. Um, and I'm back with another one of her books. Okay, do tell. <laughs> it's her badass habits, and I've read I've read a lot of other ones, and there's lots of others I could recommend. But for some reason, the way that she communicates, it's funny, it's relatable. She's super smart, and then nothing ever feels like, um, you know, I'm. Oh yeah, you good for you. You got I'm, it. I'm pulling it up. Uh, yeah, for everybody listening in. Again, you're missing the visual here. You've got to. You've got to. Join us for the live stream mm. next time. But Badass Habits by Jen Sincere. I've got pulled it up on Amazon yes. here. Cultivate yeah. the awareness, boundaries, and daily upgrades you need to make them stick. Is that the right one? Yes. Yes. Cool. Yeah. It's really, it's very tangible, actionable, and she's just freaking funny. I'm really, really into her and that her is, work. <laughs> that is great. You know, I, I'm for, apologies to everybody watching the live stream. I just clicked the wrong button yet again. And, and I'm, now I'm going to actually get it right. We'll get back so you can actually see Stacy talking. I, I, keep, I keep pulling up Meat Pepper. We're going to talk about Meat Pepper here in just a little bit. By the way, Kaylee chimed in. Kaylee, thanks for helping us out here. Kaylee said noir means black in French. I, I didn't actually know what that word mean at the, at the root level. So oh, thanks yes. for helping us out, Kaylee. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so... Back to the book, though. What was what would you say is one of the biggest takeaways from that book? You are a badass. Is a book that has been certainly probably top five that that have been mentioned on the podcast. Super popular. What about this book specifically? Yeah. Did you love? Well, I mean, it's all about habits. But there was there was one quote in there that I've read the whole book, and there's just one part that really has stuck with me, hmm. and it's really simple. So it's, okay. it's interesting that I'm. That even with your podcast, you said, yeah, within a few minutes, yes. help a photographer improve their business. Literally, mm-hmm. this, one, this one thing she said, and I can't remember exactly how she wrote it, but it was that habits are not just habits. 
They're a way to be in control of your life, be in control uh, of your own happiness, and controlling it how you show up in the world. Like you, that it, it really is. You know, you have the power of all of that. It's and so a true. Habit, yes, and a, a habit isn't just like um, I'm going to get in shape so uh, other people will find me attractive and I'll be more acceptable in society. No, I'm going to get in shape because I deserve to feel good and it's going to help me stay focused and hit my goals. And I deserve that. It's, it's interesting how, yeah, again, so many different directions we could go here. But when it does come to our health, um, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's a, there's a selfish element for me and, and working out consistently and eating well consistently and that I do want to look good at the very least for the sake of my girlfriend. Um, and, and I mean, there's in my mind, the idea of keeping myself physically fit is a reflection on my character and that it's a reflection on the notion Mm. of discipline, right. And consistency. That's important to me. That is certainly a, a, a big part of my value set. Um, but at the end of the day, to your point, if, if I keep myself in peak physical condition, I'm going to feel so much better on a day to day basis, which interestingly enough, and not so ironically creates kind of a snowball effect. I feel good. I'm then able to show up more consistently, not just in that mm. discipline and those habits, but in my other habits as well, other areas of my personal life, other areas of my business life, if I'm feeling good, if I feel like crap because I'm eating like crap or I'm not moving, um, which is super easy to do as photographers, right? In the, in the photo industry, we're sitting at a computer um, so much of the day, it's easy to just be static in a way. Uh, but mm-hmm. if, we're, if we make a change in that regard, and it doesn't take a lot of time each day to do so, we feel so much better. And that just translates to everything else. But it's the small things consistently. I'm, I'm 41 now, Stacey. Um, and this has been... Skin a, like a baby. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but in all seriousness, like the last six months or so in particular, maybe even less, it's just this mm. concept has really hit home for me. The, the small things consistently, that's what ends up in, in big results over the long run. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we just do that, it really does pay off. So I, I, this book is so fitting for, for my life, certainly. I haven't read the book, but for my life mm-hmm. and where I'm at, what's been important to me, I'm glad that you bring this up. And for everybody listening in, whether you're on audio or you're watching, we'll make sure to link to the book in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. I mentioned You Are a Badass being one of the most popular and we actually have a really cool little site. If you just go to Boca for everybody listening in or watching, yes. Boca B O K E H Bookshelf dot com. In fact, I should I should actually pull this up on screen. We'll see if I can actually yeah, hit the. Yeah, it's fantastic. Right. You guys have a great library have, there. Good have resource. you gotten to see it? Okay, that's cool. Oh, of course, absolutely. So if we go to Boca Bookshelf dot com, let's see if I type that in correctly. Did I get that right? There we go. It's coming up here. So for everybody watching live, you'll see this. Um, it's a collection of the most popular books mentioned on the Boca podcast. For those of you listening in, if you go to Boca, B-O-K-E-H, bookshelf.com, you'll see this. And it's a, it's a pretty great collection. Um, and, mm-hmm. and we've had a variety of good recommendations So over many time. good ones there. The, the Brene Brown, of course, that's an excellent one. Building a Story Brand, that was really popular 2019, 2020. Huge, and, yeah. And mm-hmm. I have to add, too, with that one, um, the, the one that I've been reading as of late that has been super, super great uh, is Marketing Made Simple, also by Donald Miller. Um, mm. I think I've probably mentioned in the podcast a number of times now because I'm, I'm just in love with it. But he's taking the principles in building a story brand and making it even... I mean, Story Brand was already a super practical, actionable book. And marketing made simple, maybe even more so. Um, and and mm. taking that to, for example, what it means to actually build a website that converts, 
taking some of those principles and applying it. It's, it's really impressive. And we'll link to that in the show notes mm-hmm. as well at Boca Podcast. But thank you for that recommendation. That's cool. We're going to link to that. Now, we, I said that we're going to talk about Meat Pepper. You happen to own a company that is all about... In fact, I'm once again going to share my screen here. So for those of you that are watching, um, you can actually see this. Let me jump to Meat Pepper because I love your brand position statement um, with Meat Pepper, which is very simply leave the BS to us, leave the business stuff to us. Meet Pepper, your badass business BFF. And by the way, for everybody listening in, I'm, I'm on the Instagram account for Meet Pepper. If you just go to meet.pepper on Instagram, um, you'll see this as well. And then we're going to go to your website finally and officially, um, <laughs> meetpepper.ca for everybody listening in. And um, maybe, Stacey, will you just kind of give us a, an intro, like give us the, the elevator pitch uh, for Meet Pepper so everybody can learn a little bit more about it? Oh, man, I am no so good at the elevator pitch, even all this time later. When somebody asked me for my elevator pitch, I'm like, yeah. okay, let's take the stairs, go around the block, go have a beer at the <laughs> pub, and then let's talk. Nobody has time for that, Stacy. Come on. Like, eh, let's make some time. <laughs> Elevators, elevator pitch? No, I don't know. Um, but we're a creative agency. We help creative entrepreneurs, mostly photographers, help uh, strategize the marketing in their business and the content, and we do the content creation for them as well. But look at that. You did that. What was it like seven seconds? That's that's pretty impressive. Bam. You nailed it. Okay. <laughs> so and and this is why or part of the reason this is relevant to our conversation, though, is because one of the things I don't know that I asked in our last conversation was specifically about outsourcing. I mean, your, your company is about delegation we're, today. By the way, for everybody listening in, we're going to be talking about how to delegate more effectively, how to actually be a boss through delegation and what that looks like. Um, but I don't know that I asked you, Stacy, what you delegate regularly in your life. So I'm curious, like throw out a couple uh, things that you delegate, personal life, business life, or both. Oh man. Ask like, what don't I delegate? It's going to oh, make me brilliant. look crazy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, by the way, for everybody listening in to break the fourth wall a little bit, the back and forth communication that happened before today's conversation was not with Stacy. She has like 68 different assistants that are all handling the communication <laughs> with us. So, um, yeah, you, you, you do seem to delegate quite a bit. I, I do. Um, well, with, with the team, I mean, without the team, Pepper would still just be an idea. It would just be me hanging out, being like, hey, this seems like it'd be a cool thing. Fair. And everybody on the team, they're, they're all incredibly smart. They're all smarter than I am at the things that they do. Mm. And that's the that's the reason why we all work together mm-hmm. and that's the reason why they're a part of the team and that we are just, yeah, man, we're just so close knit. Again, I'm going to start getting emotional because they're so freaking cool. Bunch of badass babes. Um, so by, by nature and the structure of pepper, the whole point is to delegate to the people that are best at what they do. Mm. So I don't do any of the content creation. I absolutely help with the marketing strategies and the plans because I love it. My brain won't stop. I'm sure yours doesn't either. Probably wake up at three o'clock in the morning like, this would be awesome. (laughs) Like, this is a great idea. Um, So when it comes to work, I absolutely rely on the team and they have my back and I have their back just as much. And that's exactly how the team works. So it's, it's a very collaborative environment. Um, it's hard to explain like what I don't, what I don't delegate. Uh, I would say what I, what I keep for myself is the overall plan for pepper, okay. the direction that we're going. Yep, yep. I would say, um, 
I, I talk to each and every single creative that we work with. I'm their first point of contact. As soon as they inquire, they come to me. They don't go to somebody else. And uh, we have a good heart to heart. Oh, Kelsey. Kelsey said, why? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get Stacy to cry at some point here. Kelsey just popped in and said, we're all here watching. We freaking love you. Uh, for those of you listening in, and we've, we've got comments popped up here on the screen, but that's awesome. Yeah, Man, that's lovely. He's, he is. He's going he's gonna to make me crack here. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so I, I do I do the parts that I think are really necessary that I do, mm. and I absolutely trust the team to do everything that they do. That's lovely. You know, I so first of all, I was listening to a podcast, a couple of podcasts maybe now. Um, are you familiar with Joe Rogan? Have you heard of Joe Rogan? Oh, yeah. So yeah. he has one of the most popular podcasts, for anybody who may not know, one of the most popular co- podcasts literally in the world. And it's an interesting format, two, three hours long on average, and they hit every possible topic known to man. It's kind of an, it's an interesting study. Nonetheless, he's had Elon Musk on a couple of times. And we all know Elon is this, you know, just kind of mind-blowing entrepreneur. Who's Elon Musk? <laughs> right. <laughs> who is, who's accomplished just an insane amount, right? But the question that, that, mm-hmm. that Joe posed to him, I think on both episodes now, and I was mm. a little bit surprised that Elon didn't touch on and, and ex- expound on this notion the way that you just did, was the fact that he's got a team. Joe's like, how in the world do you do all that you do? And of course, the reason that he can even think about doing all that he does is because he has a team. It's not like he's sitting mm-hmm. around doing it all. He's exactly. not building a rocket and yeah. PayPal and, yeah. and a car all at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's got an incredible you know, hundreds, mm-hmm. thousands probably of people at this point that are, that are running these companies for him. Um, that's how we get it done. And, and I can exactly. very much relate to what you're saying, Stacey. I mean, I, at Photographer's Edit and the podcast and, and Milu, and we're, we're building brands. It's, there's no way I could even come close to doing any of it without having an amazing, amazing team. So shout out to my team as, as well. That's, that's mm-hmm. huge. What would you say it's is huge. when like in this process of learning to delegate, um, and maybe we'll touch on this here in a little bit, what would you say has been the thing that made the biggest difference? Like when you started delegating this particular thing, what made the biggest difference in your life? And, and again, this maybe in your personal life and at Meet Pepper and your photography business, what would be the thing that made the, like it was a massive turning point? So do you mean in a way of how it helped me to delegate or actual like practical, practical advice of actual, the actual delegation of. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't ask the question very well. We're going to get into the philosophy of this, of, of delegation here in just a second, in more detail, but just on a practical day-to-day experience for you, what, mm-hmm. what I guess made, gave you the most space in your life and in your business when you delegated that particular thing? What was the thing that was taking up so much time when you finally gave it up to a team member or to a, a, more than one person that that made just the biggest difference in your, in your life or your business? Most, I, I'm sure the team could say I could delegate even more. <laughs> They're gonna call me out in the in the comments. But I started off just starting. I started off delegating. I started off the whole purpose of creating the team and having the structure was so they I would have help and they okay. would do the things that I couldn't do. Like I, I didn't really have a time where I was like really holding on to something tight and that someone else really could be doing. Um, Right from the very beginning, my intention was that to to have that structure in the team. So if my team were to disappear tomorrow, Pepper would not exist. <laughs> so is it not so much an individual thing that you delegated as much as just the, yeah. the, the general concept of, of putting a team in place? Yes, because just like Elon Musk, like we can do so much more together as a team yeah. than I ever could do by myself. It frees us all up to do the things that we're best at doing. And if we work together, we're going to achieve so much more. Yeah. We call our team as 
scrappy af <laughs> we are very we are very scrappy and we make shit happen and it wouldn't happen without each and every person on the team doing yeah. their part 100 percent, 100 percent. okay so let, let's get into the philosophy speaking of and I, I mean one of the things that we've seen I, in the past um whether it was graphics on instagram and posts or in facebook or maybe on twitter People talk about being a boss or a boss babe, right? But I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things that ironically, a lot of business people, photographers in particular, are reticent to do is actually be a boss and delegate, play the role mm-hmm. of a CEO and a manager and actually delegate or delegate. And there is this lack of willingness. What would you say the lack of willingness comes from? Do you have kind of a list of I um, do. <laughs> things that, that are keeping yeah. photographers from being willing to give up that yes. stuff? Okay. Guys, please, 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 please. All right, so give us that list and, and give yeah. us the list, if you will, and then we'll go back and take each one and just kind of break each one down uh, one at a time and, and maybe come up with some solutions to each of them. So give us the list first. I'm well, taking notes. One, I've got my pen out. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Number one, um, it's a thing that really does stop a lot of people. It's not the thing that will say that stops them, but it is a thing that does stop them first, and it's the cost. It's okay. the cost of outsourcing. Uh, number two would be that whoever they outsource to won't do it as good as them. I would say number three would be people are concerned that their client care won't be the same, um, that they won't have the same high touch or the client won't have, yeah, the same experience with them if they outsource to somebody else. I would say, mm, what's another good one? Now I'm getting stuck on that because my brain's thinking like, why all those <laughs> things? I'm like, and it's already going down that, that, that road. Um, These are huge uh, points already, by the way. Yeah. I would say also people don't know how to delegate, that it's mm. it'll take me so much time and energy and work yeah. to get prepped to delegate. If I have to teach someone how to do this, then I could just do it myself. Yep. So, so much, I, and really we could break those down into two, right? The don't know how, there's the, there's the know-how, yes. but then there's the, it's going to take so much time. I'm frantically taking notes here, by the way, on, on, on my notebook. Going to take so much time because that, that's a big one. And honestly, it's still one that I kind of struggle with as well. So I, I get that. Okay, so should we I'm start not, with... Go ahead, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I was saying I'm not going to say these things are irrelevant. I'm not going to say you shouldn't feel these things, but there are solutions to these. But th- not that they're not real. Okay, so I I literally have a list. So for those of you watching the live stream, you'll see I've got a a notebook here. Um, Believe it or not, as much as I'm a kind of a digital nerd, um, I I do like taking notes like on a a notebook when we have these podcasts. So um, I've got, I'm I'm looking at the list here. So cost is one of the, is the number one apprehension. Number two, um, these, these, this person, these people, this company, they're not going to be as good as me. Number three, uh, the concern of a lack of client care or kind of a, a change in vibe for the client experience. Number four, I don't know how. Uh, and then, and that's, that's a pretty general one, but we'll break it down. Number five, mm-hmm. going to take, it's going to take so much time to even get the process started. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's break each of these down. So we got number Ooh. one is, is the cost. All right. Let's, let's, let's do it. <laughs> so the cost, I think a lot of people have already heard this, but then you got to think a little bit deeper. So the cost, obviously, if you outsource the parts where you don't need to be doing that, you can be focusing on the parts of your business that is actually bringing you money. So you can be making more money if you are shooting more. Not if you're if you're editing or if you're creating content and if you're marketing your business, those things are important for your business and they're absolutely aspects that you need to do. But really, what is the thing that's going to be bringing you more money that you could be doing? So when it comes to cost, that's something. And people know it, but there's more to it. Well, and this, so yeah, so I'm going to play the the role of a photographer here. I'll play the devil's yeah. advocate. So yeah. in that situation, 
a photographer says, well, I, if I do editing is the easiest example for multiple reasons. One, because it it is the most time consuming element of a photographer's business in most cases. Um, and in some cases, at least for wedding photographers, anyway, it may feel like one of the biggest costs, right? If, If you're having to spend 150, 200, $300 on a regular basis to have your, your wedding edited, that seems like a lot of money. The argument here from a photographer would be, well, if, if I do that myself, I keep the cash. And that's kind of where it starts, or it stops, rather, their, their argument or their pushback. How would you respond to them in that situation, especially in a situation or in, a, in, a, in an environment like we're dealing with right now? We're coming out of COVID. Things that looks like are starting to pick mm-hmm. back up. I mean, at Photographer's Edit, for example, um, we're definitely seeing some really exciting momentum. But there's apprehension, right? Because we're coming mm-hmm. out of a, a time in the last year where we're not generating many of us anyway, um, in the photography industry aren't generating the same kind of revenue that we were in 2019. So we're, we have this tendency to want to hold on to the cash that we've got. So the idea of then spending money while I'm trying to build a cash stores back up, it's nerve wracking. How do you respond to that? Do you want me to talk about editing or outsourcing in general? Just as a general concept, delegation or outsourcing. Yeah. Oh, man, there is so much I would like to say on this topic. So I would say for us, when a creative comes to me and they say, like, I would love to hand some tasks off to you, like blogging or social media or strategy or let's say editing. But yes, I want to hold on to this cash. Why should I be spending this extra money? Well, if you if you spend this little bit extra money, it is going to free you up to have time to either have better client care or to be able to shoot more or to take that time where you would just be working to think, okay, what is going to help me uh, grow my business? How can I make more money or how can I structure my, my company or my photography business where I can be more successful and sustainable? And if you're just busy working and maintaining and just reacting and just go, 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 you're not going to have the time to do that. And for us, a big part of what we do is we do help you market your business and we do help you grow your business and the things that there are tasks that you can be handing off that will actually increase your bottom line. Mm. And it feels good to hand it off, but also it will help you. And uh, and if you're not having to do that and you're relying on people that actually that's what they do for a living, they're going to be faster than you and they probably know a lot more and they keep up to date than you would be. You would be able to because you should be focusing on being the photographer. I would say with editing especially is you can be consistent. You can get your work done faster and you're going to have better client care because it's not taking you weeks of procrastinating to be editing. Like get that done, get it out and your clients will be happy and your word of mouth will be stronger. Yeah. Well, and, and so you mentioned a couple of things. One in particular, actually, I want to highlight, but I just got a, a comment from, from Randall and Randall's got a, a great question. He says, can't watch at the moment, but curious, will these be put on the podcast in audio form like Workflow Wednesdays, just a little easier to consume for me? Absolutely, Randall. Uh, we'll make sure to do that. Um, and you'll see this episode going out pretty soon. So you can just look for that in the audio form. Um, but to come back to you, Stacey, I think one of, one of the words that you mentioned there was react or reaction. And I think at the root of the problem with, with, or for photographers who are not delegating is that there's going to be a tendency in a lot of their day-to-day business existence to react to whatever is going on in their lives, in their inbox, on social media, you know, whatever, at their house, maybe, who knows, um, at their office. But not delegating, not actually being a CEO is is a, a generally reactive state. What we're talking about here when we're beginning to delegate or to outsource is to switch the mindset, to switch the mentality to a more proactive state in that we're saying, okay, 
This is what I want to accomplish as a business owner. These are my goals. By the way, for those of you listening in or watching, it actually you have to take the time to set those goals, be clear about them. Once you've set those goals, then the question is, how do you get to that place? And doing all the busy work on, on your laptop is not going to get you there. So at that point, you're functioning in a more proactive way. And you're saying, this is what I'm trying to accomplish now. What is the most efficient way for me to get to that place? And to take editing, for example, I mean, if the average photographer is spending like 12 to 16 hours, Stacey, I think editing a wedding, and in many cases, much more than that. That's like half a work week, by the way, for everybody listening in, if you're not thinking about it that way. If they can hand that work off and then take the time to go set up meetings with wedding coordinators to begin to develop working relationships with them, which, I mean, I can speak as a wedding photographer for over a decade, literally resulted in thousands of dollars worth of work for me just from one coordinator, much less you know, other relationships as well. It's, it's huge. And that's just one tiny example. What, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I absolutely agree. Um, man, there's just actually so much I would like to say. I think I'm getting all tripped up. Um, <laughs> I'm probably talking too much. I should just let you talk no, too. No, no, no. It's, you're fantastic. Um, we, we have creatives that come to us because they're looking to have some structure in their business mm. and create that. And they don't know where to start. And they just, they're shooting and they don't know um, what they should be doing. They don't know anything about workflows. Um, they don't know how to blog properly. And they come to us. They're like, okay, like, I, I just don't know what to do. You tell me what I need to do to be successful in this. And then we have creatives that come to us that they're evolving and they're growing mm. and they need us to help maintain what they currently have so they ha- can have the capacity for the next thing and to yep. grow and to strategize and plan and yep. actually do the next thing or what their evolution is. So absolutely you can be, when you're outsourcing, you can, that's, that's your support to maintain for you while you grow into the next thing. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And I guess at a very simple level, and it really is a topic in and of itself. I'm going to actually do Stacey, a, a, a whole separate episode in the near future, just on the idea of a big picture view. It's, it's a concept I talk about on the podcast quite a bit. But the gist of it is you need to be very clear about what it is that you're trying to establish. Not you, obviously. Everybody mm. listening in. Certainly, I, I'm sure you subscribe to this thought it's process. It's true. Stacey needs alcohol at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Big picture view, buy a bottle of vodka. Okay. No, but what, what we're actually talking about for everybody listening in and watching is the idea of being clear about what you're trying to accomplish just in life in general as an individual, letting that translate to the business model that you're creating. And then now that you've got those, those big ideas, the 30,000-foot view, the big picture view established, what does that actually look like on a day-to-day basis? You know what you can filter out that's not relevant to, to most efficiently accomplishing those goals. But that's proactive thinking, not the reactive thinking that, that a lot of photographers, unfortunately, are doing. By the way, that I've also been guilty of not only as a photographer, but as an owner of Photographer's Edit, for example. I'm still learning how to better delegate uh, in my life. Always. You think you have it figured out and then you have an experience with somebody new and it changes everything. We're constantly evolving. I tell our creatives even this, like when you're outsourcing and you're delegating, you want things to be a hundred percent. That's what people, this is like an assumption that, or something that you want that is not really realistic. Hmm. Uh, It's nice to aim for a hundred percent, but I say aim for 80% and then no one will know that it's not a hundred percent. Only you will know. And, and if it is, let's say, You've reached something that is 100%. It'll be 100% for about five minutes because you are constantly growing and evolving as an individual, as an artist, as a business owner. So you got to release that pressure also from yourself. 100%. That's actually a great way to put it and a good segue to the next point. So in in this, this list that we created earlier, I've got here on my handy notebook, cost, 
this, this thing's going to cost me. This idea of delegation or outsourcing, it's going to cost me too much. That's the number one apprehension. And really, very simply, those listening in, watching, if you're apprehensive, you need to understand that the business is only going to go so far if you're constantly functioning in a reactive state. You've got to be more proactive in nature. In maintenance think, mode. Yeah, ex- yes. Another, man, you're just, you're, you're full of all the good ideas today. Okay. But we're, we're segueing, though, into this, this next thing, which you're highlighting, this, this idea that if I give up this task, this activity, whatever it may be, editing certainly, again, is an easy example, but anything, email administration, album design, um, communication with, with clients, phone calls that need to be done, outreach and so forth. I mean, the list can Even go like on and on. Blogging, newsletters, social media. The things that creatives will say to me is, it won't sound exactly like me. It's and not then I be, ask them, yeah, it's not going to be good enough because be, it's not exactly like I would do it. And yes, like it's not going to be me. So then I ask them, what is the purpose of the thing that you are outsourcing? Like, think about that. If you're outsourcing, let's say you're outsourcing social media. Okay. What is the purpose of your social media? Is it a, a form of self-expression? Hmm. In my or mind, it would it be a- brand awareness. Like if I were to yes! sum it up very okay. quickly. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Like, tell me. So if I were to ask you, Nathan. Yeah. Tell me, my friend, why do you want to outsource your social media? <laughs> brand, I mean, really, brand awareness, right? Presence, brand awareness and presence, uh, very simply. So if you were to hire someone that understood that, mm. um, was to help you craft a strategy around it, so you're not just outsourcing, like, hey, yeah, cover my social media, just do what you do. Hopefully, you know, whatever you do works, I know I should be on social media. If everything that even that you outsource or delegate or give someone else to do as a task, if it has a purpose and a strategy behind it that you both understand clearly, mm. that number one helps that you're both on the same page. Yep. And then getting to know, if you're the one that's doing the work, getting to know even deeper the client voice and the brand as much as possible. Of course, you will not sound exactly like that other person because you are not that other person. Sure. And that has to be a clear expectation as well. But you absolutely can be on brand. Like Pepper, Pepper has a brand voice and everyone on the team can speak that voice. And even though we're all completely separate individuals. Sure. So when you're outsourcing and you hire someone, um, they're absolutely capable of doing that. And knowing that it's not an expression of yourself, but of your brand awareness and marketing, then you can also release that pressure. And it doesn't bet, have to be like... Like I can, I can literally... To the ex- I'm empathizing to the extent that I literally have goosebumps right now, but I can literally... I can see, hear, feel the photographer's necks kind of bristling a little bit. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. My, my business, it, it is an it's expression me. of me. It is yeah. me. Right. Yeah. What's yeah. your response? Uh, well, Kate, you are your business. But if you want to sustain that, if it's... <laughs> Trust Stacy. Trust Stacy. It's it is also a business. Um, you can still have that really high touch, uh, very personal experience with your clients. It'll come through in your work and your interactions with them. But it doesn't have to be on all platforms. And my, I'd ask you why? Why would you think that it does? Do you think people expect it to be you doing all the things and being mm-hmm. like A plus? It? No, they're they they're hiring you. For you because of your work and because their experience with you. They're not hiring you because of your social media skills and mastery and your marketing mastery. Like, oh, man. They're <laughs> well, I, just to bring it back around, it, your, your point earlier was brilliant. We have to be clear about what the purpose of this particular activity. And the question is not, is it going to sound or look 100% like me? But is it going to accomplish the purpose, the end goal? Again, a lot of photographers aren't clear about what their end goal is, either for the individual activity or maybe even for their business, for their brand. And so the idea of outsourcing something, understanding clearly what the purpose is, knowing that that purpose can be accomplished, isn't even possible because they're not clear about that purpose in the first place. 
I 100% agree with that. And that's why having that strategy up front where you're delegating anything is super important because yes, what is the purpose? And then how do we know if it's moving forward in the right direction or not? Um, I would I would also say that your, your clients, your, you'll have a better client experience. They will have a better client experience if you are on the ball with your workflow and um, getting your images back on time and providing maybe some information before your shoot that maybe that that's automated. And no, it's not you personally sending that message. And yes, it may be automated, but your clients are going to love that and they're going to appreciate that. And they're going to think that you have your shit together more than if it was you not being able to get your stuff out on time or your interactions or your emails back to your clients on time because you're trying to do it all. Keep the purpose in mind, everybody. Um, for, for those of you listening in and watching online, by the way, for those of you watching, please don't hesitate to, to comment, ask questions, um, send funny emoji, make Stacy cry, wh- whatever you want to do. Yeah, make me cry. Engage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this conversation has been really great, but I also want to respect your time and those that are listening in and watching. We've got just a few minutes left here. So we started um, this list of, of reasons why photographers are holding on to things, why they're not delegating outsourcing. We started with, hey, it costs too much. And um, for those of you listening in, if, if you're just listening in, just hit the rewind button a little bit and you can go back and hear what the solution is there. Secondly, we talked about the idea of this person, this company, they're not going to be as good as me, but I, I think we have to be clear about purpose. And the reality is that there are a lot of other people out there that can accomplish the same purpose of that particular task or activity um, that that will more than get the job done and help us give a a good experience to our clients. Number three, uh, we're going to compromise the, the idea that you suggested earlier that photographers are apprehensive about is that we're going to compromise the client experience that they maybe won't feel as cared for. What's your response to that? Oh, just what I, the last thing that I said is if you have a killer client workflow, even if it's automated and you get your work done on time and you're able to respond or even send things before they even ask for it because you have somebody helping you or you have something automated, um, they're going to be, that's going to be a better client experience for them than having to wait on you getting the images back or you're really slow on your emails because you're so busy trying to run all the aspects of your business. So absolutely your clients are going to have a better experience when you're able to focus on the parts that you should be focusing on, which is being the photographer and engaging with your clients and having other and having help with other aspects of your business. And I think also you will be you'll just be a happier person and you will be able to provide a better experience if other aspects of your business are being handled for you i think that'll release a lot of stress and i think people will also feel that rebecca she's made a nice little comment here. shout out to rebecca she says brilliant insight stacy can you all please keep talking this is so good um i i would venture stacy that you and i could probably between the two of us talk for like two or three hours easily <laughs> we have so much to talk about um we won't do that for everybody listening in don't worry uh, but thanks for listening, Rebecca, and commenting as well. I, so when I, when we talk about the significance of the client experience, I think what's missed a lot of time, and I've mentioned this a number of times before in the podcast, is that it's not so much the necessarily, to be clear, the final product that we're delivering as much as the the, the felt experience that the client is having in that moment. I've mentioned before that the number of times as a wedding photographer that I experienced a client family member, friend, whoever it may have been coming up to me and saying, oh my word, you're, you're so awesome. And this is at like noon on a 12, 14 hour a day. They haven't seen any pictures yet, likely. And um, they're telling me how awesome I am. It had nothing to do with the end product. 
what it had everything to do with is how I was making them feel in the moment. And part of that experience, that felt experience, is the efficiency with which we deliver uh, on that experience. So to your point, Stacey, which I think is, is a great one, having other people on our team that enables us to be able to not only more consistently, but more efficiently deliver on that experience is, is huge. And to me, that seems like a no-brainer. I think we should be doing it. One of the other apprehensions that you mentioned earlier is that photographers will say, I don't, I don't know how to delegate. I don't know how to outsource. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to kind of focus this in because we could go a lot of different directions with this. The thing personally, well, I'll make it subjective. I'll be selfish. Mm. The thing that, that I've struggled with and I'm still working on quite a bit, actually, when it comes to delegation with my team is communication. How do I, if I'm going to hand something over to somebody and expect that thing to be done um, in this kind of nebulous way that I kind of sort of have in my mind, how do I effectively communicate that, that task to that person or to those people so that it gets done, at least in a way that I would consider well? What does that communication process look like? Are there particular tips or tricks that you would suggest to our listeners, to our viewers, that would help them communicate more effectively for the sake of delegation? I think it needs to go back even further before even handing off okay. that first task. Okay. When you, let's say you hire someone... And I can tell you from the experience of being the photographer looking to hire someone and being on the other side and being the person that you've hired. So I know as a photographer, I want to hire an assistant. I want to start handing them off tasks right now. I might, I have like all these different types of tasks and I want, I want them to handle it and prioritize and figure it out because I'm busy. You figure it out. And that is, that is disaster. <laughs> that is disaster. Fair, fair, yep. Do not do that. Mm-hmm. First, the very first thing you need to decide, okay, what percentage of what I'm currently doing am I hiring this person to help me with? So like, am I hiring them to help me with Pepper, for example? Am I hiring them to help me with my photography business, Nora Stories? Am I ha- having them help me in a different different way? I have to decide, I'm hiring this person. What percentage are they doing on Pepper? What percentage are they doing in the Nora Stories? Maybe it's 100%. Okay, now that I know that, I'm not just going to hand them random tasks of all these things that I need help. Okay, now I need to decide what is the, the purpose and the yeah. strategy behind the things yeah that I'm delegating them to these things. Because if mm-hmm. I just gave you a task, I'm like, Nathan, I hired you to write a blog for me. I want it to be about this. Go. <laughs> Good luck. Hopefully you can read my brain, right? But, but that happens had, in all seriousness, it happens. though. Like, yes. it, and, and, you know, yeah. Photographer's Edit, and by the way, shout out to Photographer's Edit. I have to pop this up on the screen, too. Stacey, mm-hmm. you were laughing earlier at me because I'm, I'm putting your websites up. I'm going to do the same thing for my brands. <laughs> do it. <laughs> uh, for everybody listening in, if you're not outsourcing your editing, you got to go to Photographer's Edit. But in all seriousness, one of the things that we've, we've faced on a regular basis, just to make this maybe even a little bit more tangible for everybody listening in, is yeah. when they send us their editing for the first time, it is kind of that, like, send it and hope, like send it and cross my fingers because there seems to be, I think at the very root level, maybe just a lack of clarity and understanding about what it is that they're trying to accomplish in the first place. So that brings us back to your point, which is purpose, right? Understanding what the purpose is. You can't effectively communicate what you want unless you're clear about what you want. And and a lot of times that's a struggle for photographers. It absolutely is. So for us, the very first month, we actually don't do any tasks. Hmm. the first month okay the very first month with us is we do audits we gather the data we do a deep dive call we set the strategy and we pitch them what we think would be best based on all the data that we've gathered and our deep dive call on their goals and then we get to review it all together are we all on the same page does this do we all agree what we're going to be doing going forward and why and how we're going to be approaching it Hmm. if not then let's make some tweaks and then yes okay well let's put this into action and then we start doing tasks yep you can do it as you go, but there's going to be a lot more bumps along the way. But setting that structure right up front and really getting to know one another and, and yeah, what it all means, 
It's massive game changer, game changer. Game and expectations are clear on both sides, and, that's, and it feels that sums awesome. it up. Yep, yes. be clear about the expectation. Where I communicate expectations thoroughly to right. the person that you're delegating to, but again, in order to do that, you have to be clear about what it is that you want right. to begin with. That's super important. Yes. So if you're like, hey, Stace, I want the Pepper team to be um, helping me with my marketing. Go. I'm like, okay. So let's yeah. let's find out first. Like, what's working for you right now? Right. Um, what do you want to be doing? Um, like, how many blogs a month do you want? How many newsletters? You're not just like, I hired Pepper to do blogging for me, but I don't really know how many blogs they're putting out, and I don't really know like what it all includes. So, but when you're actually then when you're ready to delegate those tasks, it's good to do the give them as as much as you can, even in a Zoom call. It doesn't have to be written. You don't have to, you know, write it all out and take that time. Or like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to write it out. And if I had to operate my business through an email, I mean, it'd be it'd be failed long ago. So <laughs> Zoom Zoom calls are excellent. You can sure. say so much within 60 seconds than you can in a half an hour of procrastinating over an email. I'm like, mm. am I going to send it? Do I have time to do that? Oh, yeah, I should do that. And then finally writing it. So, And then the other thing I really recommend when you're delegating is you use something like Trello. So you can put all your projects on a board. We can all visually see what's on the list. Who's doing what? What what needs my attention? What are they doing? How many hours has been sent on this? What what stage in this in the in the progression of this project? What stage is it at? Mm-hmm. And it's all there. You can log in anytime, mm-hmm. and you're you both know what stage these things are at. Super. Wow. And then just daily communication, really, I guess, is excellent. Even if it's just a quick little check in, and then you stay connected to that person, and you stay connected to that work. I love how even as you're talking, like you can see these ideas pop in your mind. You're like, oh, wait, this thing too. And oh, oh God, also so many, do this. There's like, <laughs> yeah, I have, I have quite a bit for both the person that wanting to outsource and the person that is doing the outsourcing, like that's actually doing the task. Yeah. Well, we it, learned all, a lot. I, I find it fascinating and, and we'll get to the last point here for everybody listening and watching. Um, but I find it fascinating, Stacey, that, that you, f- you spend that first month really learning what this client that you're working with, what it is that they're even looking for to begin with, right? I mean, yeah. you have to understand yeah. what that, in your case, what the brand is about, that photographer's brand is about, what yeah. it is that, that that brand message is, and then how to ultimately communicate that effectively via the various platforms and so forth. I'm sure there's a whole yes. strategy, but... And, th- and the audits, the, the, the getting, like, we do an SEO audit. So if you're like, Stacy, I want to be the best photographer, most found photographer in this city, and I'm like, okay, okay, that sounds great. And then we start blogging. We start doing social for you. But if your SEO is crap on your website, that's holding us back. And we're not going to be as successful as we could be if we mm. knew what was going on in that. Okay. Well, just for everybody listening in to kind of sum that up. I and mean, if you say, hey, you know what? I don't even know how to get started outsourcing. One of the most important principles that you need to, to not only understand here, but ultimately implement is that you have to be clear, super clear about what it is that you're trying to accomplish I actually take it all the way back to our personal lives, right? What, what, what are my overarching goals personally? That should then translate to the business model, the target client, the brand position and message. And now that we're clear about those things, we can start thinking about how we're spending our time most effectively for the sake of growing the business over the long term. And then we can delegate more effectively as a result. So very simply, make sure you're clear about your purpose, as Stacy highlighted, that is going to enable you to be able to communicate and ultimately delegate more effectively. And that's huge. Last thing, Stacey, though, because mm-hmm. um, we are kind of running out of time here. Talk to me about this last point, outsourcing or delegating. It's going to take so much time. I could just do it myself now and be done with it. And, and I don't have to worry about this whole process of learning and communicating. And maybe they make a mistake the first couple of times and I have to do it anyway. And what's your response? 
I mean, yes, it is going to take a little <laughs> bit like, yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, expect <laughs> that. Course. Don't yeah. be surprised by that. Yeah. It, like, I'm not going to lie. It is, it is going to take a little bit. But I really think and I believe and I, can, I know from our experience, it should be about a month. Expect that. Know that's going to happen. And now that month is done and they're going to free up so much time for you. So I'm going to ask... I'm going to ask you, is it worth it for a month to have a little bit extra work that you've planned for and you're aware it's going to happen, yep. you're, you're aware it's going to happen, yep. that is going to free you up for all the future goodness? That's worth it, yes? A hundred percent. And you summed yeah. that up brilliantly. Is a month worth the future goodness? We're talking about the ability to grow, to yes. have more clients and ultimately to generate more revenue. And by the way, to do so in less time, right? Because now we're not having yes. to do all those things ourselves. We can actually have a team of people helping us out. That, that, yeah. Why not? Why not? I don't, it's, I mean, I, Stacey, I'm assuming you feel similar, but like I didn't get into business to work 80 hours a week. Like I, I get a lot yes. of inspiration from Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, uh, so much inspiration. But one of the things that I that, that, that just, I can't relate on is his notion of working 60, 80 hours a week, seeing family on weekends, um, for the sake of you know these kind of bigger picture goals, I, it, it's cool and it's motivating to a point, but I I can't imagine my life revolving around work. There are other things I want to do with my life. Uh, by the way, yeah. including those relationships uh, on a regular and consistent basis, I want to pour into relationships. I don't have time to do that if I'm so like heads down in my computer doing all this busy work mm-hmm. all the time. I I completely agree. I just, I know we're at a time, and you're like, oh, Stacy, she'll keep going. I could. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Um, I really just have one other thing that's really, really important when you're hiring an assistant, if you're looking at hiring a VA, um, is you need to know what it is you're hiring them for. Are you hiring them to just take off tasks off your plate or are you hiring them to strategize? Because I can tell you, I've experienced a lot of photographers that go to hire VAs and they thought they were hiring an expert and they're in doing those things. But, and they were expecting them to strategize for them, but that's not really what a VA does. A VA will take tasks off your plate, but they don't, they're not there to strategize for you. They, they're still relying on you to strategize. So if you're looking to have help with the strategy and the process and the planning, you need to ask that if that's a part of the service that they're offering. Don't just assume it. That makes sense. Um, and, and again, it highlights, I think, the importance of understanding the bigger picture, right? Because and I don't say any of this for everybody listening in or watching. None of this is a judgment because there, I know what it means to feel like you're just in kind of this reactive state, trying to keep your head yes. above water and yes. you know shoot as much as possible, get the images to the clients, yes. respond to emails, hopefully within a couple of three days. Like I understand yeah. functioning in that state, but what we're trying to help you do is get is function at a, at a much higher state. Um, yes. Not only be able to build your business, be able, but also be able to have a life through that process. And there are, people and companies such as Meat Pepper, and I'm going to pop that URL up on the screen again, Stacey, um, <laughs> for, for everybody, but that, that you can leverage for the sake of not only growth, but freedom in your lives as photography business owners. And uh, I'm, I really appreciate you making time, Stacey, to kind of highlight all of this for us today. So go ahead and, and we, because we have run out of time here, go ahead and just remind our listeners where they can follow you. I'm going to try to keep up and pop all the, the URLs up on the screen as you're talking. <laughs> I'll tell you the important ones. Okay, go um, for it. Meatpepper.ca. Okay. And on Instagram, it's at meat.pepper. Oh, and got you it. you can find me. Oh, look at you, ninja. <laughs> so good. So good. And right you can buttons. find us. Yeah, no, you're you got it. No, uh, and you can find Noir Stories at StacyCrollo.com and underscore Noir Stories on Instagram. 
Perfect. We got that there. And I think this kind of sums up the conversation here. Kaylee said, work smarter, not harder, not harder. all the way. That is mm-hmm. the way, speaking of. Um, I really appreciate you doing this today, Stacey. This has been super fun. For everybody listening in, uh, make sure that you check out the show notes for today's podcast, bocapodcast.com. We'll put all the important links and notes there. Stacy, thanks once again for doing this show with me. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, it's always it's always a great time. All right, perfect. Everybody else listening in, watching, make sure that you do chime in. Next time, look out, follow us actually on, on social media. Um, we'll be letting you know about the live broadcast coming up. Right now, we don't have a regular schedule. Uh, we're working with a variety of guests. So we're, we'll just let you know if you follow us on social, social media, Boca Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, you can keep up to date with the next live broadcast. We'll push that info out there, bocapodcast.com. Everyone have an absolutely lovely, lovely day. Bye-bye.